This is episode 85, and we're starting a brand new series, Gummies. That's right, making and preparing gummies right in your home kitchen that taste just like you bought them at the store. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge, and I'm really thankful that you're here this week having a listen, and I hope you get some value out of this. This episode is going to be a little bit different. I am introducing a brand new series. It's going to be Gummy Month, and I'm pretty excited about this because... I love gummies. I really do. When I'm going to the store and I'm buying candy, that is my go-to. It used to be Skittles. I used to really like Skittles, actually, but I've probably eaten so many of them in my history that I'm sick of them now. So gummies is where it's at. I tend to not buy them too often because I am one of those people that once I start eating one, I eat a hundred. And even though those little guys, they're not that big, a hundred gummy bears really adds up to um, a sickening amount of sugar for one. And I'm just, I just, I'm one of those people that if I have them in the house, once I have one, it's game over. But that is also why I really like infused gummies because it forces me to eat a reasonable amount of them. I can enjoy them and know that I will be really regretting it if I eat too many because Lord knows I've done that enough times. But the thing is, gummies are hard to replicate. When you're buying them from the store, those manufacturers have all the professional grade equipment you could ever need to produce the tastiest, moist, squishy little gummy candies that you could ever imagine. But at home, it's a lot harder to reproduce those conditions and end up with the same results. And I know this firsthand because I am here and I don't have a recipe for you guys this week because... They didn't turn out. That's right. I made a couple. One's actually still, the jury's still out on the one recipe that I tried, but it's been busy lately and I haven't had too many episodes in the can as I sometimes like to have a few, you know, a few weeks ahead. Sometimes I'm ahead and sometimes I'm not. And so when a recipe doesn't turn out, it sometimes leaves me in a bit of a lurch. So yeah, I mean, the recipe didn't turn out awful. And yet now I have a whole bunch of gummies that are okay. They're not exactly like gummies. I mean, they're okay, but they're also not good enough to give away to anybody. So now I'm going to be eating a lot of mediocre gummies over the next little bit. And that's kind of too bad. I did give one to my husband, Chris. He ate half of it. And this was a big deal. Like usually he has been just saying no to drugs lately and not enjoying any of my edibles at all which has been a little disappointing. I'm still working on that, but he did agree to try one as a taste test because I assured him that eating just one wouldn't get him high at all. And he only ate half of it. And I admit I didn't take it too well. I took it kind of personally. But yeah, I didn't, he didn't want it because it wasn't that good. And I was like, how can I bring this recipe to you, my listeners, when I can't even get my my biggest fan to eat half of one gummy that I was going to talk about in this episode. So needless to say, I'm not going to be sharing that one unless I'm able to perfect it. Because honestly, you guys, I have the skills of a person who loves to cook, but I'm no professional chef. So if I can't do it, of course, not to say that you can't, but I just think there's probably better recipes out there. And so I'm exploring that as we speak. So I'm doing a whole month on gummies or a whole series of recipes on gummies because they're one of my favorite things to make. But you may be wondering if they're so tricky, why would anybody try making them at home? Well, I'm going to tell you because buying them, if you're buying infused gummies, it gets really expensive. 
they really are expensive. So if you're buying legal market gummies, uh, if you're in my area, I'm in Ontario, Canada, and legal gar- market gummies, you're looking at about, I'd say, 6 to $8 plus tax to buy a package of one or two. Yes, I did the dramatic pause there because most people would be thinking, oh, that might get you, what, 10 gummies or something like that? No, not even, I wish. It'll get you two to one gummies, one to two gummies, sorry. One to two gummies, that's it. I know, it's a lot. And so if you're eating gummies on a pretty regular basis or edibles at all, it just gets pretty expensive to do that. And here's the thing, when you make them yourself, they're pennies on the dollar, people mainly because even though the recipes can be a little tricky to master because you're getting into the realm of candy making, which has certain techniques that are necessary, you are usually ending up with a batch of, oh, I don't even know how many gummies do I have right now sitting in that bowl. God, I must have 30 of them. I don't even think I used all this stuff either because I had a feeling it wasn't going to turn out too great. So actually, no, there's two other trays with even smaller gummies in them. I have a lot of gummies. One batch made quite a few. I'm also working on another recipe right now where the end result is 100 gummies. So you go through a little bit of hands-on time and cleanup, but you end up with a whole bunch of gummies in one felt swoop. And that makes them inexpensive to make and you have quite a lot, you know, more quantity. Because even if you're going to legacy market edibles, you're going to a store that's you know, isn't quite legal or whatever, or some sources that aren't quite legal. Well, even then, they're going to be quite a bit more expensive because there is some time and energy involved in doing them. But when you get them right, ah, the pleasure of enjoying your own homemade gummy is fantastic. Now, I have made them before. It, it's been quite a while. Oh my God, it's probably been a year and a half since I've made any gummies, maybe longer. And the ones that I was making before, they were okay, not the greatest. Some of them turned out better than others from what I recall. I might have to dig up some of those recipes because I'm not sure I've done any gummy recipes really on the show that I can r- recall. And it was gummies as well that my husband one time decided he was going to just mindlessly pick I don't know, 30 or 40 gummies out of the little tray that I'd made and proceeded to get really fucking high. So you do have to be careful with them too. But again, as a reminder, if you have gummies that are infused, it does force you to eat fewer than you normally would if it was just not infused in a big old bag. Because I, I mean, I've gone to the store and you can get those like pound bags. Who needs a pound of gummies? And you eat them till you're sick. This won't happen. So in any case, that is... That is why we're going to be covering gummies because they are trickier. I'm ready to revisit it again. And hopefully all of you out there will be interested in trying out some new recipes. And if you have any tips or tricks that you have found that really work with making gummies in your own home kitchens because you have become proficient at it, please send them my way and I'd be happy to share anything with anything that you have that might be helpful to other people on the show. And we've got a few weeks to cover that. So Gummies don't have to be that intimidating though. So you are going to be using perhaps ingredients you're not accustomed to. Some of the techniques might differ because again, like I mentioned, you're getting into some candy making and the t- getting that, nailing that tasting cons- consistency can be tricky as well. But I've seen people do it. I've done it before. That means you can do it too. And just remember that 
it is a bit of a learning curve, but it's not so bad because even mediocre gummies are still gummies that you can eat and enjoy. And I always do like eating my mistakes unless they're really horrible because I really hate to waste food. So I tend not to throw out anything. So don't let mistakes deter you because they're going to happen. And just ask Terrasend. And I think that's how you say the name of the company. It's a big Canadian licensed producer that recently had to recall over 30 lots of gummies from the legal cannabis market. And while that doesn't sound like a whole lot, that was over 300,000 packages of gummies had to be pulled from store shelves because of mold. That's right. And the funny thing is, I had actually picked up some of those gummies from my store. Uh, in probably a, within a week or two of the, that recall going out and a customer had actually complained that they got one of those moldy gummy packages and I saw a picture of it and boy, it was pretty disgusting. It was clearly moldy. That's not something I've ever seen in a gummy style product. Not that I'm really following that kind of thing. So perhaps that doesn't really matter. But yeah, it was pretty gross. So, you know, it's tricky for everybody. Even the pros don't always get it right. So don't feel bad if you have any missteps in your journey. I will say, I do have some favorites on the Canadian legal market right now. And so if you're in Canada and you have access to this, the, my favorite ones right now are the Ace Valley gummies. I feel like they have the best flavor and consistency and they have a really nice sized gummy. They come in two packs, which means unfortunately they're only five milligrams each. So for a lot of people, that's not very high. I do buy them because as I, as many of you know, I work in a dispensary and sometimes I do like to try the edible products just so I know what they taste like, even though they're not going to do anything for me. Occasionally though, you know, if I'm I might pop one of those gummies along with something that I've made myself. So I'm doing a little layering or, you know, I've had it actually, even if I eat both of them, I'm not going to feel the, the 10 milligrams, which is too bad. But I really feel like right now from all the ed edibles I've tried, Ace Valley has some of the best taste and flavor on the market. I may have to revisit that because there's a new brand on the market called Ollie, if I'm saying that correctly, O-L-L-I. They've got two new gummy flavors on the market, and I have both of them upstairs in my room that I'm going to be trying. I've tried the dragon fruit. It was really nice. And people might be interested in the story for Ollie because it's a new company, and the people who run that, I should have prepared more a little bit for this, but perhaps I can include this in some of the other episodes in, the, in this series, but the the folks at Olive, it's um, one of the tea sommeliers from David's Tea, which is a big tea company. Um, there is some other foodies who are involved, a chef, a Michelin star chef, like the, all the people who are involved in this company are going to be making some pretty astounding edibles. And this is an edibles only cannabis company, I believe. So and that'll be definitely one to watch. I'll report on that as well, though, because again, Ace Valley really does have some good gummies. Ollie the dragon fruit ones are fantastic. I have another flavor upstairs I'm going to be trying and I need to revisit that. So those would be a close second, I would say, perhaps neck and neck with Ace Valley. Uh, I've tried the Affirma. I've tried Four Way. I've tried Wana. Those ones are good, but you know, I'm looking for great. If I'm going to be spending $7.50 on a two pack of gummies, they're going to have to be pretty fucking tasty in my mind. So unless they're amazing, 
meh. I will say a standout out of all of those ones, the Wana gummies do a pomegranate blueberry acai flavor that you should look for because it's a two pack. So again, they're only five milligrams of THC, but that particular flavor boasts 25 milligrams of CBD. And popping one of those in the evening when you're just sort of chilling, they're the 25 milligrams of CBD is quite noticeable and lovely. So I have bought those more than once just because of the CBD content in them. So they're pretty nice. So definitely look for that one if you're in Canada and have access to the Wana brand in the Canadian legal market. So a couple other things to mention, because again, we're not really doing an episode this week, but because I'm going to be doing gummy recipes over the next uh, few episodes, there are a few things you might want to have on hand if you're wanting to embark on some of these recipes yourself. And those would be, I think first and foremost, if you're going to be making gummies, one of the best things you can have in your arsenal is silicone molds. Those silicone molds are amazing. And those, you can use those for all kinds of different recipes, of course, if you're making chocolate or anything that's bite-sized. And they're fantastic because you can put them in the freezer or the fridge. They're heat safe. They can go in your dishwasher. They're, They're virtually indestructible. And so those are really great. There's lots of fun patterns and designs too. If you go to Amazon, you can find weed related ones. You can go to like places like the Bulk Barn or, you know, probably Michael's craft stores or places like that. They're going to have some interesting molds that you can use, but the silicone's definitely worth the investment, even though honestly, they're not even that much more expensive than buying other molds and things just pop out of them so easily and they're very easy to clean. Now, having said all that, I did a while ago get some magical butter machine silicone molds and I really like them. I used them for the first time with this failed gummy recipe and the one thing I really like about them is they are stiffer than some of the other molds I've purchased off Amazon, which means when you're picking them up, if you still have like liquid in them, they're not going to sort of fold and be flimsy. They're stiff. So you can just easily move them into your fridge and they come with lids and the lids are nice because when you're putting something in your fridge, so you're waiting for your gummies to set, the lid means you can stack stuff on it. So I had like four trays of gummies in there. They're all stacked, which means they take up a way less smaller footprint in my refrigerator, which if you've just been grocery shopping, you have a lot of stuff in there. Sometimes it can be hard to find space for trays of infused gummies at any given time. And you find yourself having to play Tetris in your refrigerator. And next thing you know, you're digging out three week olds a three week old dish of something moldy that you forgot about. And you're doing a wholesale fridge clean out and pulling things out and wash. And then, you know what, who wants to get into all that shit? If you just have molds that you can stack, then it's no problem. And you're not doing an impromptu fridge clean out. So I really like the magical butter uh, molds. I'll link to those in the show notes. You can probably, I think you can use, I do have an affiliate link for them. And that means I think there's a discount code. So if you're interested in checking those out, I think that would apply to the silicone mold as well. But if you are shopping at a place, look for ones that have a lid on them that pop on because it really does help. So having molds is one thing. And I've also seen in a couple different places is having a squeeze bottle because you're working with a very hot liquid, having a nice squeeze bottle that you can use to fill those molds is also going to be very helpful. Now, 
I actually was using, if you do a squeeze bottle though, do again, be mindful of the material because if you're pouring a a very hot liquid that obviously came off your stove into a squeeze bottle, you don't want to burn your hands. Silicone is another fantastic material to use because it's heat resistant and it's going to be a lot easier on your hands to handle. So those are, would be good to have. Now I didn't have a squeeze bottle myself. Anything with a spout should help, but um, working, making gummies and putting them into molds can be pretty messy. So the squeeze bottles is a fantastic idea. And somebody, I think one of the recipes I was sent suggested even, um, reusing like honey bottles. If you had the honey bottles with a squeeze top, something like that would work very nicely. So you might have something on hand already. Now, Magical Butter Machine also does silicone measuring cups, which I use all the time. And I've found them very helpful too, because when you pour a hot liquid into it, they're silicone, so they're heat resistant, but they are a little squishy, which means you can also make a very easy pour spout. So I was using those to fill my molds and they worked fantastic. So again, that's something worth looking at. You might be able to pick those up at any kind of store that would carry or have a good kitchen supply section. Um, a silicone spatula is also going to be great to have to scrape the last bits out of the pot so that you're, you know, so you're not wasting any ingredients. And some of the ingredients you're going to want to have on hand if you're planning on making any of these gummies is packages of Jello, uh, guar gum came up a lot, corn syrup, unflavored gelatin, uh, good quality fruit juice, citric acid, or lemon juice lemon juice probably works fine. I usually have a bottle of that in my fridge. I did buy citric acid one time from Amazon and ended up with a huge mason jar full of the stuff. So I'm pretty set for citric acid probably for the next 10 years. So if you can get away with lemon juice, I would recommend that because unless you're making a ton of edibles, it would probably last you forever. So those are the types of things you should think about having on hand. You might have packages of jello and unflavored gelatin in your cupboard already. Unflavored gelatin too doesn't have to be anything fancy. I have Knox packets in my cupboard too. So they're just like little packets of gelatin that you could get in like the baking aisle. No problem. I do have a container of unflavored gelatin from, I forget what for. I am a consumer of collagen, but you just want to make sure you get the regular get the regular unflavored if you're going to be making a lot because you will be using it quite a bit and there's less waste when you don't have to get like individually packaged stuff. If you have your home scale, you can easily weigh out anything as well. Make sure you're getting the right ratios. So those are some of the things that might be wise to have on hand. I'm going to be looking at some gummies this month by Magical Butter Machine, Diamond Delight Edibles, and Cult Organics, which is a new edibles company that will be coming out in the market in the next few months. I'm pretty excited about that because I will link to the show notes. They do have a website and their their branding and marketing looks pretty cool to me. So I'll be very curious to see how their gummy recipes turn out. I have picked up a book that is going to be arriving that I'm excited to share, The Art of Cannabis Confectionery. So that should be interesting. And there is a recipe from the book that I have, Edibles, Small Bites for the Modern Cannabis Kitchen. I love this book. It has a lot of great recipes in it, but the pot de fruit in it, I tried making it once before and they didn't quite turn out right. And I'm hoping that I might be able to revisit that one again and share the results with you as well, because that one was a little more of a project edible. But in any case, it's going to be gummies, gummies, gummies. And if that's not your thing, well, I'm sorry. But uh, I hope you'll listen along and perhaps maybe you'll learn some new tips and tricks. I'm also hoping to be looking at some keto 
gummies too. For those of you who may be mind, you know, wanting to be mindful of your sugar intake, I totally get it. And if you're like me with those spiced keto cookies, I have a whole bunch of sugar substitute in my cupboard that I need to do something with. So I'm going to be looking at that as well. And also possibly vegan gummies because some people don't want to consume the animal products that you find in gelatin, which is in a ton of uh, gummies. So it's just the nature of the product. So finding good vegan gummies can also be tricky. I will say I'm almost certain I should have have it in front of me. The Ace Valley gummies on the legal Canadian market are vegan as far as I know. I'd have to double check on the Ollie brand. But so if you have any tips or tricks that you want to share, like I mentioned earlier, for making gummies, please uh, send me an email at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com and I'd be happy to share it with the audience. You can also leave me a voice message as well at SpeakPipe. And I think that's it for this week, my friends. It's going to be a good series. Gather your supplies, get your inspiration, find some cool silicone molds that will make some fun gummies that you can share and giveaway. And of course, don't forget to label your stuff so that no little fingers get into your confectionery treats because there was actually a news story not that long ago in, I forget where it was. It was somewhere in Canada, which is of course a pretty broad place, but it was the story of a young child that got into their parents' gummies. These were legacy market gummies. So of course it was a pack of multiples and I think they looked like gummy worms. I can't really remember. I should have had the story pulled up, but this kid got into these gummies and of course got very high and had to be taken to the hospital. So just a friendly reminder, people, that if you have young ones in your house, just to label, label, label. Actually, it doesn't even mean young ones, just anybody else in the house besides yourself so that nobody eats something inadvertently and it gets too high and gets too high because that's not very pleasant and nobody likes to show up to work and realize they're going to be pretty fucked up in the next little bit. I've seen that happen actually. I Maybe this is a good time to bring this up. When I worked at my daughter's restaurant, one of her, her regular customers, she came in one day and was asking for something high in protein because she was at work Uh, around the corner and realized she was starting to feel a little funny. And she understood after a little bit that, that she was getting high and she was trying to talk to customers. She was working in retail and she was like, holy shit, like this is, this is getting a little intense. What is going on? And a little later, she was talking to her roommate who had made a stew or a chili of some kind and had infused it. And this young woman didn't realize that it was infused and ate a hearty bowl before she had left for work, only to realize an hour later that she was getting incredibly high and having to deal with customers. That sounds like a nightmare to me, having to deal with customers when you're really high, and especially when you're not expecting it. I think that's the worst, is being caught off guard. So in any case, it happens, happens to the best of us. So just label, label, label. And in the meanwhile, my friends, I'm going to be eating a whole bunch of crappy gummies. But next week's recipe, I'm sure is going to turn out a lot better. So I'm feeling confident. I hope you are too. Whatever edibles you're enjoying this week, my friends, stay high.